Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's it's good to be here. Can you turn it a little more this way so I can see? Oh, yeah. You want to see? Yeah. See what I'm doing here? Make that? sure I'm Maybe facing yeah. the camera. How about that? Is that better? That's not no, good. No, it's not good? I shouldn't no. turn it away from you? Yes. Yeah. There we go. There That's you way go. better. Yeah. Look at that. That's right. So now you can see see that the camera's over there, right? So the people the people are actually over there. They're inside that hole. See it? Right Got now? it. They're inside there. They um, you can't really see them, but they could see us. It's a little weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so I welcome everybody to Christians with Torah. This is your first time here. Uh, we are a Christian community of believers who believe that the Bible is relevant for today, from Genesis all the way to the maps in the back of the book. Um, the maps is kind of a joke, but Genesis, Revelation, 66 books, uh, and we believe the Torah is relevant to believers' lives today. Everything we can do, we should do. Praise God. And uh, why? Because we love God. Because he says in Deuteronomy 5, he says, Oh, that they would have a heart in them to keep my commandments always, so that it would go well with them and their children forever. Yeah, obedience brings the blessing. You it ready? does. I am. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew. We are. We're in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Little bite-sized chunks here in Matthew. Pretty yep. cool. Yep. Uh, and basically, th- we're going to be shifting gears here as uh, we see some things going from teaching to doing. Right. From hands-on ministry. Well, that's so powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, when was the last time you laid hands on somebody and prayed for them? You know, we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So the authoritative power of the Messiah. That's what this is all about. The authoritative power of the Messiah now. Kingdom power demonstrated. That's what it's all about. Kingdom power demonstrated. Yeshua has shown himself as the Messiah in word through his teaching. Chapters 5 through 7. Right. The Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes. Now we're going into 8. There's going to be some action now. Yeah. And now shows himself to be the Messiah indeed through the performance of many miracles, demonstrating that the kingdom of God truly has arrived. Matthew chapter 8. Verses 1 through chapter 9 and verse 38. So there you go. There's a little chapter, uh, some chapter chunks there. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, all through chapter 9, verse 38, that he's going to be demonstrating the power of God. So let's check out uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Let's read that. Yeshua heals a leper. All right. So it says here, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Awesome. So who followed Yeshua when he came down from the mountain? Uh, it was great multitudes. So he did all this preaching, right, for three chapters worth of preaching, and they were like, that was good stuff. So when he left, they were like, wait, wait, where are you going? And they followed him. They did follow him. So who came to Yeshua and worshipped him? 
the leper. So this is a leper comes to well, him. Well, this guy's taking a big risk. Yeah, man. Because he's not supposed to be among the people. No, no, for sure. Now, maybe he came from the side or whatever he did, but still. Yeah. That was taboo. Well, and, and people, you know, were notorious for like when a leper would come close to people that they would hit him with a stick or push right. him or whatever. So, so the Greek term for leper can refer to several conditions ranging from fungal infections to Hansen's disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, the law required lepers to be isolated from society. Uh, Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. Do you want to read that? Uh, I can't. Leviticus read. 13, verses 45 and 46. So just remember, you know. Skin disease. Yep, like ringworm. See, back I can only think back then if they didn't have like athlete's a, foot. Yeah, like lotrimin or anything back then. Then guess what? You got ringworm. That thing spread. That's you know, bad. you had to find a way to get rid of it. So, so what does it say here? It says here now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean all the days he has the sore. He shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So the leper's unclean. So what did the leper say to Yeshua in Matthew 8, 2? What did the leper say to Yeshua? Well, he came to him and he said, Lord, if thou wilt, right, thou canst make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. In Matthew 8, 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He said, basically, I will. Be thou clean. Yeah. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Yeah. Yeah, immediately. That, that was the he point. He touched him. Yeah. That was the point that he, he was willing to make him clean. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he did. He made him clean. So he has a follow-up because the Torah is given by God. It's written with the finger of God. And this is what he says. And Jesus saith unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Matthew 8, 4. Huh. So you can see that Yeshua kept the law or the Torah by telling the, the healed leper to show himself to the priest. So I'm going to read a few verses of Leviticus 14 in regards to this. Leviticus 14. Yeah, that's interesting that Yeshua would say, go show yourself to the priest and take an offering, right? I mean, that's a, obviously... Well, and he's well, Because just, the temple was there, so yeah. I mean, but I, this wasn't like a, a coded message. He says, as Moses commanded. Right. So let's check out a few of these verses. Actually, in context, it would be Math, or actually out of Matthew. We go to this cross-reference, Leviticus 14, verses 1 through 32. But it says here, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. See? He shall be brought unto the priest. Remember, Yeshua said, go to the priest. Right. Bring your gift. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of the leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedarwood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedarwood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and shall dip uh, them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. Now you can go on and read some more about that. 
But I find that very interesting, this process and procedure. It's the ceremonial part of law and different things. Yeah. I got another uh, cross-reference for you, want it? Really? Yeah, it's Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 8. And this is, a, this is a good simple one because it says here, this is, uh, I think, Moses speaking. He says, Take heed in an outbreak of leprosy that you carefully observe and do according to all that the priests, the Levites, shall teach you, just as I commanded them, so, shall, so you shall be careful to do. And he even says, remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam. But this is a good little reference. This Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 8. Very interesting. Not only was leprosy a disease, it made the leper as well as anyone who touched him ceremonially unclean. But when Yeshua touched him, he was healed, and Yeshua did not become unclean. When Yeshua touched this leper, it was an expression of boldness and deep compassion, mm-hmm. since doing so was prohibited by the law. Leviticus 5, 3. Let's read that. I'll read that. Leviticus 5, 3. Or if he touches the uncleanness of man, whatsoever uncleanness it be that a man shall be defiled withal, and it be hid from him when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, once again, you go to the priests because they were, of course, the dermatologists. Let's look at some examples of people getting healed from leprosy. Uh, One of the examples I have is Miriam, the sister of Moses. Here I got both her and her brother Aaron came against their brother Moses, and the Lord struck her with leprosy. Yikes. Now Moses interceded for her, and the Lord healed her, but she had to stay seven days outside the camp. This reference is Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. You know, it's interesting if you can go back to this whole subject matter of leprosy, and we'll talk about this at the end. I want to bring one point out. But remember that one of the signs was that Moses took his hand, and right. it was fine, and then he puts he, it in yep. his bosom, and he pulls it out, and it's leprous. Yeah. And so it's almost like a sign, you know, hey, you know, that there's something wrong with you. It's a sign. Yep. Let's get to the root of the problem. So there's an example of Miriam. Of course, Moses interceded. I'm learning as a pastor to quit talking about people and pray for them because it doesn't do any good. Amen. So they've already done wrong. Right. They're in trouble. Yep. So we need to be kind and, and we need to be courteous and where we actually pray for them, hope for them, believe for them. Well, in the last uh, chapter, we read about the golden otherwise rule. Otherwise, you're really not a leader. How would you want them to treat you? You right. want them to pray for you. The next Example we have of people getting healed from leprosy is Naaman. He was a commander of the army of Syria. He had a wife who had a servant girl from Israel who told him that the prophet Elisha could heal him of his leprosy. When Naaman came to Elisha's door, the prophet did not personally meet with him, but relayed a message to wash in the Jordan seven times. Now, this enraged Naaman, but his servants convinced him to follow the prophet's instructions, and so when he did, he was healed. Yeah. Second Kings chapter five, verses one through 14. Uh, I would like to close this particular subject matter with something that you can share Ryan as well, but I want to get into an, an interesting prayer as we see, is this relevant for today? Pastor Nick? I mean, really, is it? Uh, let's look at first Kings chapter eight. And we have the dedication of the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles. But we have here, and it's, it's actually found in 1 Kings chapter 8, it says Solomon's Temple Prayer. Yep. So this is like an inauguration, grand opening, right? incredible time. Yeah. 
uh, of this temple being opened, where the place where God's name is, the Temple Mount. So uh, it's relevant for today to face east and to pray towards the Temple Mount. We won't get into all that. I mean, I'm sure Solomon prayed a lot, but this is one of the main ones recorded. Yeah, so basically, I, I want to share this, that uh, after Passover on April the 8th, uh, 2020, in the evening, uh, we had Passover. And then, of course, on April the 12th, 2020, on Sunday, it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I'm in my patio. So if you ever want to check out this particular prayer, it's very interesting, mm-hmm. especially if you have a, a love for Israel, the Jewish people, if you love the Temple Mount, if you're, you know, you, even if you're for the next temple or whatever, this is for you. This is what's very interesting. Uh, it says right here, what prayer or supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and do, and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men, that they may fear thee all the days that they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Now, the only thing I want to bring out is that this word plague is the same word used for leprosy. Interesting. It means a spot. Yeah. So let's say that I didn't get COVID. The Lord was showing me that Oh, you've got something. You've got a plague. Yeah. It says, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart. So leprosy is not just necessarily a physical thing, right? We were looking at this from the physical, but the principles are spiritual. Now, an example that I would like to give, King Uzziah restored some things. He did a lot of cool stuff, and then he got kind of too big for his britches. He oh, got yeah. prideful and arrogant, and he was of the tribe of Judah, so he was in the monarchy. He was the king. But he felt that he was privileged and he had the right, and he was entitled to do the incense. Ooh. Now, I don't know the reference right now. You can go back and read the story later, but it's yeah. very interesting, not to put the guy down, but to say, hey, look, look what happened. Yeah. Am I following in some of these footsteps? Now, 80 priests couldn't keep him from lighting the incense. 80 priests tried to stop him, and he was so adamant yeah. that he busted through and did the incense. And soon as he did, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Ouch. This is where the stubbornness is, yeah. the brazenness, the, yeah. the stiffness. Knocking your head against well, a wall. Yeah. So, and he broke out, and he, and he died a leper. See, we shouldn't be doing things we shouldn't be doing. No. Sometimes God will show us things to do, and we see what everybody else is doing, yeah. and we want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to do this, or I want to. God's like, I've given you something to do. Yeah. You know, we were talking last night and you know about what, what is spiritual leprosy? You know, uh, what is it? How do you describe spiritual? Because one thing to just be like, oh yeah, you know, somebody has leprosy, it's a spiritual leprosy. But um, in all of the examples that you find where people had leprosy, right? So you had Miriam had leprosy, as you mentioned rebellion. in these examples, right? It's rebellion. And Naaman had leprosy. Um, and I'm not sure why Naaman had leprosy offhand, but Uzziah ended up with leprosy. Again, rebellion. But all of those rebellions, uh, that was the actions that they took, but it was rooted in jealousy. It was rooted in envy, some sort of uh, <coughs> a, a, a zest Could for be. position or power. That's interesting. Right? So in in each of those cases, they were rebelling against God because they were trying to get something that wasn't their place to get. Right? right? 
Um, like for example, Shiloh, right? Um, when it talks about that in, in the, tr- uh, the prophecy about Judah, Shiloh is the one to whom the right belongs. Until Shiloh comes. Right. So it means the one to whom the right belongs. So the reason that it, we know it's the Messiah is because to him whom the right belongs is the Messiah, right? That's right. So anyway, so Josiah, your son, uh, brought up something else last night about this, right? Because we're talking about leprosy, then we kind of moved into the spiritual leprosy and jealousy and envy and rebellion, um, and then how a lot of times when you have those things going on, they manifest physically, right? Right. Um, But uh, people that have leprosy, uh, they lose feeling in the spot where they had leprosy, right? So a lot of times the feeling loses, right? So you become desensitized. And... I think that people can can get desensitized by their spiritual yeah. leprosy, right? So they start to numb. do things, right? They become numb, exactly. Numb. They become numb, and so numb. now they're no longer sensitive to what God wants. Yeah, you don't have empathy. You lack like, empathy, yeah. right? Numbness. But that goes along with that position and power piece, because what is it that people do that are trying to like step on other people in order to get to where they want? So instead right. of helping people and in, in, in gaining leadership position through service, there are those that would step on others. To get to that position, yeah, you know, and it's it's interesting that we all deal with our stuff. Oh man! So it's not really right to go after those kind of people because you're, you're like, okay, this is what they're struggling with. Well, you need to pray for them. Look, I've had it. I've had it. I had used to have a thing on my shin, right, where I'd get this like breakout of some, I don't know, like eczema or something on my shin, and um, you know, finally I kind of realized, oh, this is a, there's a spiritual battle here, and once I kind of clued into that, it went away because I That's dealt true. with the root issue. That's true. And that's, that's my own personal example. That's a good word. Well, I tell you, if we just judge ourselves, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm just going to say. Amen. So anyway, um, let's check out Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. we got a, a Saturian's faith. I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. We're not going to actually read those verses, oh, but we're going to jump right into this storyline because it's pretty thick and deep. Fine. It is. It's pretty. It's got a lot going on here. So we, we know the plot. We know what's going on. Yeah. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan for the great Centurion. And by the way, this is like the first time that we see Jesus healing a centurion. So let me ask you, you this. Know, which is a Gentile. You know, let me ask you this. Uh, or healing his servant. This centurion, uh, from a scholarship standpoint, do we know if this is the same centurion from the book of Acts? I don't know. I don't either. We don't know. <clears throat> if you know, comment, let me know. What I'm about Cornelius? Maybe he was a centurion. Well, that's what I mean. This is, this is something else, maybe. You think this is someone else? Yeah. Okay. It's this interesting, is, though. Right, I mean, because look, 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 look what Yeshua does in the storyline. Because it's it's an interaction between Cornelius and Paul later on in Acts. Obviously, there's a lot of interesting things. <laughs> All, right, All right, so let's do it. So, who came to Yeshua after he entered to Capernaum? A centurion. Oh, a centurion. <clears throat> so, the, Capernaum was located on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, and was one of the main trading villages in the Gennesaret. Right. Yeah, Gennesaret. It became the chosen home city of Yeshua after he was driven from Nazareth by the religious officials. And you can find the reference of him being driven out in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. I found that interesting. Yeah. As far as geographically speaking. So like, let's say you're living somewhere for a season and God's, you know, wanting to move you. Yeah. Like a lot of people are trying to move. Yeah. God's moving people around, shuffling the deck, you know. I like the Galilee. Moving the chess pieces. Oh, I love the Galilee. Yeah, I like the Galilee. I love the Galilee. Um, so it says, uh, so, and then another interesting thought, right? So the name Centurion, right? It gives you that century. It's a hundred. And yeah. so Centurion was an officer of the Roman army who commanded about a hundred soldiers, a hundred soldiers. Now it could be hundreds, right? Yeah. A hundred. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's That's a high ranking official. Oh, it is. Yeah. So he's not, uh, he's not just a nobody. Right. Uh, and we're going to find that was in his 
comments here that he really knows his stuff and that he's a, an authoritative individual. Absolutely. So, so what did the uh, centurion say to Yeshua in chapter 8, verse so 6? So here's a guy that's a centurion, a Roman soldier, a Gentile. He approaches Yeshua, a yep. Jew. He yep. knows he's approaching a Jew. Yeah. Uh, and he knows how the Jews feel about the Romans. Yeah. So he's really got to have some moxie here. You know, he's yeah, got to have yeah, some yeah. So he says, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Mm. His servant. Interesting, yeah. So here's a servant that serves him, and now the servant is down. Yeah. And he doesn't have a servant anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what can I do? Yeah. So he actually feels led. Because... You know, it could have been a revelation, or it could have just been word of communication. <laughs> right. Because actually, I don't know, I think he's been healing people in the past. I think there were some things going on in the past. He healed some people or did some things. I don't know. Yeah. Did, I, did he or did he not? Who? Jesus? I don't know. I don't think he, <laughs> he I think he's, he's just starting his ministry. Um, that would be interesting, the chronological back, order of his healings and, and stuff. Uh, anyway. I will say this, I, you know. Owning a company and having employees and stuff, there's a certain, especially key people that like if they were sick and out and like unavailable, right. I'd be calling on Jesus like, Jesus, I need some help. You got to come heal this guy. I need him, you know? Oh, yeah. Like You don't take him for granted. Oh, man, not at all. Not even a little bit. So, so what was Yeshua's response? So he says, I will come and heal him. Yeah. So it almost sounds- I will come and heal him. It almost sounds like immediately he's like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Let's go heal him. It's an on-call doctor. Yeah, exactly. He's make a house call. Right, so, but here's what the centurion replies. So Jesus says, I'll come heal him. But the centurion replies with this in chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. It says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, <clears throat> I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. So this is interesting. He's saying, you don't, he, I, this guy, wow. He's just like, look, I know if you're a man of authority, you don't need, I don't want you under my roof. I'm not even worthy of that, right? For you to have to go all that way and do all this, right? And so the centurion in this set of verses, recognizes Yeshua's authority. The authority of Yeshua. Right here, he recognizes it. And so what was Yeshua's response when he heard these words from the centurion? Before we, we answer that question, Ooh, okay. I just was, it, was, it was just brought to my mind something interesting. Okay. And it's this. When Yeshua was teaching in, in Matthew chapter 5, all the way through chapter seven and verse 29. It says right here, the very last verse of verse 29 of Matthew seven, I thought it was interesting. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Right. So he didn't even lay hands on anybody yet. He was teaching the word. He was teaching Torah and he was giving it to them. Right. And, and and they said, wow. Yeah. Wow. This guy has authority. In chapter four, Jesus does heal a great multitude. So that's kind of cool to have that kind of authority. So yeah. here's the thing. You can teach and preach and just, you know, you could say a lot of stuff. Hot air. Yeah. Yeah. But what if what if you're actually so passionate? That's what I want. I want to be yeah. passionate about speaking with authority what God is doing and what he's declared. So I thought that was interesting as the centurion recognized Yeshua's authority. He recognized it in, in, in any scope or, or form. But his response to the centurion, Yeshua's, was he marveled and said to them that followed, 
Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. That's legit. So a Gentile, well, maybe he's, he's saying, speaking of the, uh, maybe at that point he's speaking to Israel as a, uh, you know, as an ancestry, as a race. Yeah. Hey, even among all these Jews, well, in that I case, haven't you found could... more faith than this guy. Right. Wow, what a compliment. Oh, that's a major compliment. I mean, and just the understanding that Yeshua is powerful enough that he doesn't even have to, he could just, and, and his will How is How incredible done. is that? It's pretty incredible. I really love reading these stories. So uh, a cross-reference for this, which is pretty cool. It's a, it's a messianic cross-reference. It's from Psalm 107 and verse 20. Um, and, and you can start in verse 19, but it says, it says in 19, it says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. And then verse 20, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And so here it's saying he sent his word, right, and healed them. Boom. And so this is, this is a, a prophecy about what we just read about that happened. So you can go over to Psalm and see the prophecy, and then you can, boom, you can go right here to Matthew, and you can see where Yeshua fulfilled it. Look at it. you with your little cross-references. What, what do you know? I'm impressed. Yeah. I didn't here, use give, it. Give me some. Give me some, yeah. I didn't use that. Oh, you have it, huh? I have the 107.20, and oh, I didn't even get that. it. See, you got it. See, two's better than one. That's right. That's iron right. sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. I wrote that down. Yeah, just wait till I have to put that into a reference. You just wait till I get to Malachi. Oh, know? let's continue on. Why don't you share with us about faith? <clears throat> oh yeah. So, so the word faith um, is the Greek word pistis, which is the Strong's number forty-one hundred two, and it means persuasion, i.e., credence, moral conviction uh, of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. So this is. Um, this word translated as faith is the word pistis. Now, <clears throat> we're going to get to another word a little bit later that is translated as believed, and you'll see the same thing, that there's basically just different forms of the same word. But right. it says uh, in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance or the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Wow. Interesting, right? you got to have confidence. That's right. If you believe in the restoration, we gather the whole house of Israel. You gotta have confidence. Yeah. If you believe in, you know, the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles, do you have confidence? Yeah. And there's another reference for faith. Um, Romans ten seventeen says, "So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." So that's how your faith grows. So what happens if you're not getting the word? Then you'll lack faith. Your faith won't grow. Yeah. But you'll know some other things. You will. You'll know if the bucks won or lost. You'll know fear. You'll, you'll know, know a lot stress. Of you'll be uh, knowing what the latest laws are for CDC. Oh, yeah. The, those does are that, guidelines. Does that increase CDC your faith? guidelines. Does that increase your faith? Not at all. It increases I'm my fear. I'm telling you, Ryan, this is why Anxiety. we just got to keep reading the Bible, just keep reading the Bible, mm -hmm. keep reading the Bible, and then what happens? Our faith yeah. increases. So get off of now, Facebook, get your face in the book. I like that. You know, there is a verse, I don't know where it's at, but every man's given a measure of faith. Oh, yeah. So we all have, we have to believe in something. I That's think right. Rick brought that up. And even that measure of faith is a gift from God. It is. You have to believe in something, whether it's science or... Oh, yeah, you're right. Rick did say that. That was night. deep. 
that was really interesting. Or the government, you know, I believe in the government. Well, that's the unfortunate part about today is that, you know, I believe in science, right? But science is about observing and testing things and being skeptical. People have turned, you know, quote unquote, what they're calling science into a religion. And I've got religion already. I don't need a new religion. You know, I'm going to look at that as a way to test things, not a way to have faith. Right. And things so that we don't have true. to wake up every day and prove that we're right and everybody's wrong. Correct. We have to wake up and do what is right. Oh, man. Prove what is right. Gosh. You know, and that's the cool thing. That's that, a hard saying. But that's your faith, right? So yeah. You practice your faith. Practice your faith. Because that's what you believe. Yeah. So what's the point of just doing something if you don't really believe it? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So it says here, uh, and this is Matthew chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there's a contrast. Now, he's already healed the servant for the centurion. So now he's going to throw this in here. So he's going to build on the centurion's faith, which is a Gentile, right? Yeah. And he respected Yeshua's authority. That's right. So he's going to basically say, listen, look at what I've, you know, done. Look, yeah. hear, hear what I've said and, and believe. Yeah. I mean, that's just really incredible. It's almost like a gift from God to us because he made us fallible, weak, you know, where, where, you know, we don't make good choices. So he's like, you know, that's what God wanted to do. He wanted to create a being that was made in the image of him, but had to choose. Yeah. Even the angels had to choose. They rebelled. Some of them rebelled. They had the ability to rebel. Yeah. You know, they say that Satan was the one, that's where you get the word Luciferian or like light, that he was responsible to make sure that God got all the glory. The light bearer. The light bearer. Yeah. But, but there was, there was a, a rebellion in heaven. And then what happened is Satan violated that trust that he could no longer retain with the fallen angels. So the thing is, it's very interesting that that's how cunning he was yeah. to think something like that. And if you don't believe that, well, then why would you have Greek mythology? Because now Greek mythology comes along and uh, half man, half God kind of things when the angels go in into the, the homo sapien race. Yeah. And then what you have is a big mess. And then what you have is trying to turn the tables. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, when I've had a meeting with somebody, I've been doing something or something. It's like they want to try to turn the tables on you. And that's what Satan has tried to do through Greek mythology. The sons usurp the father in Greek mythology. That's right. And the latest thing that I've discovered is which is very interesting because nothing's by chance it's through inspiration that's why you have all this creativity of marvel comics and superheroes and all these things this 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 inspiration to create this the avengers and all these things i found it interesting when i when i uh josiah and i went and saw spider-man the thing that i picked out and picked up on was uh the latest thing for the last few years is that we should feel sorry for evil right right now there's a lot of movies out about cruella Deville and maleficent and how they became a witch and how, what happened to them and oh feel sorry for them because that's why they're doing what they're doing and so when they bring back these villains in, in spider-man movie by the way made over a billion dollars 
after COVID, one of the highest grossing movies. Wow. I know. So what I'm saying is that I kept, I caught <laughs> up on that. Now, there's another theme as well. You could say, well, you know, uh, Peter Parker had to learn forgiveness and not have grudges in this. But the thing that I picked up on was that, you know, these villains, you know, we're supposed to feel sorry for them. Yeah. But they made their choices. Well, that's know. just it. Everybody has circumstances we're judged based on the choices we make. So you can turn the tables on that and try to, which you shouldn't do. Well, God will reward every man according to his works, right? He's not judging you based on I'll what happened evil, to you. Evil, good, and good, evil. Right, 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 right. Exactly. All right, let's continue. Okay. Um, all right, so Yeshua just commended the great faith of the Roman centurion, a Gentile, who came seeking healing for his servant. The kingdom of heaven represents those who put their faith in Yeshua, and they will sit with the three great patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's contrasting something here. So Yeshua comes with great authority and teaching yes. and demonstration. Yes. And people believe. He's the Messiah. Yeah. He's the way to the Father. He's the Son of God. He's yeah. the Son of Man. And so he's now, now look what happens. There's going to be a contrast in the next bullet point. That's right. So it says the children of the kingdom represent those who do not put their faith in Yeshua, and they shall be cast into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not good. It's not a good contrast. Matter of fact, the weeping and gnashing of teeth is, a, is an idiom. It would be an idiom for regrets. Yeah. You ever just grit your teeth? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, like those people, they darkness. get the tattoo that says no regrets, but it's spelled wrong. Oh. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the thing here is, you know, who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? Now, now I want to say this. There are some commentaries. There are some things, and I would like to study it myself. Sure. Maybe through the gifting in the teachings of Michael Heiser. Okay. So when you say outer darkness, is that hell or is that just not being the bride? So like you're the guest of the bridal party, but you're not the bride. Interesting, yeah. So that's just my take I don't on know it. the answer to that. I, I don't know. I've got to study it because this is actually, remember in, in Matthew, it talks about <clears throat> the parable of the wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that man was not properly dressed and he was placed where there was outer darkness. Yeah. So this term outer darkness I believe is like it's not first place. It could be like that's true. There was outer darkness. So, so the children of the kingdom. It leads me to believe that these are the ones that think that they're in, but they rejected Messiah. Right. So this could be at that time the religious, you know, authorities. Interesting, because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was going to be at the table. That's my point. Because yeah. they believed. So this would be the sons of Abraham, the actual children of those people, um, but they're not going to make it in. But who makes it in? Right? Good Looks point. like the, the Gentile that believed on Yeshua made it in. So it says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as, th as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that uh, selfsame hour. That's uh, verse 13 in chapter 8. And so this and word. That same hour. That same hour. Immediately. Well, he was immediately, and then he went, and, and, and that's just amazing. So this word believed here that I referenced earlier is the Greek word pistuo. So it's pistis being the the one form and pistuo being another. Because um, it's 4100, not 4102. Correct. So it's just another tense of the same word uh, or part of speech, I guess. And it means to have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or thing, i.e. credit, by implication to entrust, especially one's spiritual well-being, to Christ. Interesting, huh? So uh, Malachi 1.11 is my little cross-reference here for this. And it says, uh, For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, 
and every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Where's that at? That's Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. And so that kind of gives us a, a whole idea here because, you know, Yeshua himself is giving a contrast between uh, oh, the, there it is. the faith of the centurion, right, and the lack of faith of the people that should be leading these, the, the Gentiles, right? So if, if these religious leadership, this Jewish religious leadership of the day that we already know th- was, you know, kind of puppets to the Herodian, you know, you know administration— um, we're leading the people astray. And so Yeshua comes and is explaining, look, you have all these people that think that they're in or should be in because, you know, it's their birthright, so to speak, but they're not. They're not going to be in. The The Gentiles are going to be in. And then uh, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 2 and 3 about how, you know, those that keep the law but don't even know the law are going to judge those that know the law but don't keep it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. it's It's just like, okay... Abraham believed God before he was circumcised. <laughs> right. So he's still considered righteous. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and which is it? Was it the circumcision that made him righteous, or was the circumcision the, the, the symbol of the covenant, right? And so you first have to have the covenant before you can have the symbol. It's just like baptism. Maybe what's, what's happening here is Paul's trying to say you have to really believe first. That's the most important thing. Right. Then you can do the rest of the things. Right. Makes sense. So here we go. We got discuss some reasons why we lack faith. I like this. We think our circumstances are greater than God. Mm. That's right, because our focus is in the wrong place. We're looking at the circumstance. So we think our circumstance is greater than God. Yeah. Because we overreact. We are reactive and not proactive. Right, right. I've learned as I get older, I love options. Yeah. So if you throw something at me, I'm like, hmm. Okay, well, hmm, let's think of my options here. Well, you gave us this reference, Romans ten seventeen. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we just take that, if we're not hearing the word of God enough, then we're going to lack faith. You know, how about this, though? We discover all these verses and we share them with people that don't have the faith that you have. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's like I believe in the two houses. So I speak it, I share it, I go over it. Yep. Right? Yeah. So then what do we do? We have a right action. We're like... We believe. Yes. So our faith grows. So these people don't believe what you believe. Right. Which is unfortunate, right? Well, it is, but it's it's the real deal. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do about that? So, so you know, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Sure. But it says he was, he was also sent to Israel. And he was, absolutely. So if you say, I'm grafted in, that's a game changer. Well, he said, right he's action, the one that said, I'm grafted in. <laughs> if you have a right action, it's a game changer. Oh, absolutely. So if I tell the church, listen, you continue to do what you do, that's great. But look at what we're doing. Yeah. And look, what we're, look at our fruit. Yep. And there's joy. And there's, it, our faith is, our faith meter grows. Yeah. Because we believe. I mean, if you've been doing something for over 20 years, you believe. Oh, yeah. We haven't changed our services to Sunday. We believe Shabbat is Shabbat. That's when you should have church, right? Yeah. So we haven't changed that. Yeah. I mean, you can you have know? church any day, right? But you can. But I'm just saying that the Sabbath Shabbat is, the is Shabbat. Shabbat. We want yeah. the families and people to be together on Friday nights, right? We're commanded to come together. You know, I mean, it's it's just part so of. So what I would like to do is, for Ryan's sake. Oh, okay. For my sake, uh, we'd like to dedicate this portion to Bruni. Ah, oh, praise so God. So you get to read it. 
because okay, she lives yeah. with you. Your yes, mother-in-law lives with you. Listen, I have a fantastic. So you pray mother. for her. I do. But this is Matthew chapter eight, verses fourteen through seventeen. Peter's mother-in-law is healed. Yes. Yes. So we're going to go all the way to 17, right? Yes. Okay. 14 so now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw that his wife's mother, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. Boy, Bruni is a good cook. I tell you. Yeah. Uh, she is. Let's get that rice going. That's right. So uh, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Wow, so Matthew's recollecting these prophets, the prophecies, right? So what did Yeshua discover after coming into Peter's house? Well, he saw that Peter's mother-in-law was lying down uh, and sick of a fever. See, they used to have the fever back then, not COVID. Yeah. Now everything's COVID. (laughs) We don't have flu, you know? Uh, Yeah. So what did Yeshua do for Peter's mother-in-law? He touched her hand and the fever left her. Praise I th- God. I think that was actually in uh, The Chosen. Yes, it was, yeah. And by the way, and she, did, she hopped up and and Matthew really... is you know, a part of all this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's the tax collector. So what did she do after she was healed? Well, it says that she ministered to them. And made her famous rice. That's right. That's think right. about it. See, God doesn't want us to be laid up and sick. No, he doesn't. You know, he wants us to be healed no, yeah. and serving yeah. and doing, you know. That's why they she say, She also you know, makes a great lasagna. Um, she makes a great, uh, she makes good at all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I Sancocho. Sancocho is like a Puerto Rican stew with like uh, oh. verdura. It's like uh, root Come vegetables. On, man, I'm hungry. I'm sorry. But uh, it's interesting that, uh, like in reference to my mother-in-law, Pastor Tifa, I say uh, mother in Torah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's funny. Mother and Torah. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. See what you it? did there. That's good. Yeah. Um, man, we're doing so well. Yeah. We got one, two, three. Let's check out this now. Now, this is what's going on in Capernaum. Yes. He heals the mother-in-law. Yep. And we get into Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Ooh. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. There you go. You know, that's interesting. Because they're looking for a healer to be the Messiah. Yeah. Why can't that be one of the qualifications? Now, what I've discovered is, um, and not to stereotype Judaism or the Jewish people, but I know from talking with them that if this particular gentleman comes and brings world peace, he's the one. But I think the resume for the Messiah has to be more than just that. Um, yeah. So Because when I, they what, say peace, peace. What I find s- interesting is these Jews at that time period knew the prophecies. Oh, yeah. The Messiah would come healing. You know, so but if this Antichrist is lying signs and wonders, maybe that's a part of he's the Messiah. What about he's wounded and then his, his head is healed? So there's some interesting counterfeits going on here. Yeah, yeah. So you know when I when I look at this, it's very interesting. So he cast out devils and heals the sick. You know, so the enemy is trying to rob us from God and take us away from God and right. attack us. 
And then in our disobedience, whether it's not eating properly or whatever it is, then we hurt ourselves and have sickness and disease. Right. But Yeshua, being the perfect example, always pointed people to the Father. So that's how we know that he's not the false Messiah. Because the whole thing is that the Messiah will be pointing people to what? To Torah and to God. You know, eventually we want to have new bodies and new lives (sighs) and live forever. Oh, man. So that's why we got to meditate on those things. I want a better body. I want to live forever. I want to be in a better place. Yeah. So what two things did Yeshua do when the evening had come? Oh, he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. So he backed up what he taught with his authority. That's right. See, by his stripes we are healed. Um, And he used, again, his word to cast out devils. Right. So we have uh, Matthew's application of Isaiah 53, 4, shows that he understood Yeshua's death as an act of substitution an atonement in which Yeshua was wounded for our transgressions and bore punishment for the iniquity of us all. Mm. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6, and of course, in Isaiah 53, verse 5, letter B, and with his stripes we are healed. So the bottom line is that sin is so bad that a man had to be beaten and suffer, die and be buried and rose again. So that's the, that's the significance of the wages of sin is death. So yeah. if God knows no sin, but he created us, then sin was created. You know, you know, God created evil. I mean, if you think about it, he created darkness, he created light, because he allowed that to manifest. Now, why? Because it's for his purpose and his glory, for him to watch and for us to participate. So we have to understand what God is doing. He's, it, everything's on his terms. Yeah. It's on his terms, not our terms. Right. So we got to come to grips with that and make a decision. None of us asked to be here. Hmm. But now that we're here, what are we going to do? We'll make the best of so it. So it makes sense that I really shouldn't be selfish. I should be thinking about what does God want through me that I could give him of my own free will. Right. We're on a but secret mission. See you, you know. All right. So what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 17? I'll do my one and two, and then I'll let you close this Pastor out. Pastor Nick. This is what I have. I thought this was really interesting. You have to really believe to receive the things of God. As so as you have believed, let it be done unto you. What does it say? A double-minded man is unstable, is unstable in all of his in ways. In all his ways. So you have to really believe to receive the things of God. Amen. Number two, Yeshua came so we can be healed of all sickness and delivered of demons. There's your uh, rehab. Yeah. There's your therapy. Yeshua came so we can be healed of all sickness and deliverance of demons. Amen. That's what too. Amen. So uh, mine kind of, my first one kind of goes along with your first one. It says we should have faith like the centurion. We should have faith that Yeshua can just say the word and it is done, right? And, and what's interesting is that the words that Yeshua spoke were, so as you have believed— so let it be done unto you. And there's many times throughout the Gospels where he uses that phrase, like according to your faith, let it be done to you. And so our faith is one of the ways that we participate with God and that we receive from God is because of our faith. If we believe it, it can be. Amen? I like that. Ask, seek, knock. Um, My second one was that leprosy is not just physical. It's also spiritual. And so we want to avoid spiritual leprosy. Um, We want to avoid spiritual leprosy. Jesus is our healer, and he can heal us based on our faith of both, of leprosy and anything else that ails us. Amen? Awesome. Amen. You want to close us out in prayer? Yeah. 
Father, Father, we love you. We thank you. We're so blessed to be reading these words and to be just pulling everything we can out of it, God, getting it into ourselves. And so we're so thankful, Lord. And um, we ask for your blessing over everybody that's under the sound of my voice right now, that uh, under the authority of Jesus, that all sickness would be healed, that any spirits that are tormenting people would be cast out, Father, and that people's faith would increase by hearing your word. We pray these things in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Yeah, bless you guys. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, you can call the office at 813-654-2222. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good. So bless you guys. Have a great week.